Remy and Casey on 92.3 W.I.L. Halfway there. Halfway through the week. Very excited. Uh, looking over at Casey, you look very comfortable today. I'm very, com- and I decided that yesterday. I looked at the forecast. It said there was going to be some drizzles happening. So I said, I'm not washing my hair. We're yeah. throwing a beanie on. The boyfriend, the, sorry, fiance's okay, clothes. Okay. Yeah. And going to work like that. So you are in your fiance's flannel right now. Yeah. It's lined. It's a shacket. It looks super comfortable. It is. And I feel like happier. The uh, only issue I did, I wore jeans. Uh, that didn't need to happen. Yeah. You know how I feel about jeans. You love them. I'm you wearing live them. In them. You I'm sleep wearing in them. them. Yep, sleeping in them. Taking showers in them. Oh my god! All the things. I don't want to taunt Mother Nature, but we're pretty mild for the next ten days. We're like high thirties, low forties. Not too bad. Again, not going to taunt. Today is very exciting because Casey will enter the Eric Church confessional at seven thirty. Oh my gosh! I almost forgot. Nope. Don't forget, we're going to learn some things about Casey today and your chance to win Eric Church tickets at 7.30. We've also got some Monster Jam tickets at 8 o'clock with the big three. It's a good day. It's going to be a good day. I know it's going to be rainy, but it's going to be a good day for you because, you know, you've got chances to win things. So, good morning. Thank you for hanging out with us. It is 92.3 WIL. Bringing Nashville to St. Louis with Casey Covers Country on 92.3 WIL. Lainey Wilson brought someone who has a heart like a truck up onto stage recently. She made a young girl's dream come true at a recent show. It was on Friday night that nine-year-old Davy Jean attended her concert with her family, and she got the surprise of a lifetime when Lainey Wilson noticed that Davy had these posters that were super brightly colored and had a lot of words on them. And they said that Davy had previously underwent an open heart surgery. And Davy Jean's mom explained that made, they worked all day making the posters to try and get Lainey's attention, and they did so, especially, I think they were like on the floor, like right there where Lainey could see them. Yeah. And Lainey called Davy Jean up to stage so that she could give her a shout out and show off her posters and said that she is what having a heart like a truck really looks like and that she's one tough cookie. I love that. I know. You see this a lot happen at concerts. Um, Mostly country concerts, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like this doesn't really... I mean, it happens with, you know, your typical pop music or whatever, but not like this. I see Harry Styles doing more like gender reveals and proposals at his concerts (laughs) than this kind of stuff. Yeah. But it is something we appreciate about our country artists, especially about Lainey Wilson, who we haven't been able to brag on enough since she came to Jingle Fest. Yeah. She is really blown up after Jingle Fest. It's all because of us. It's obviously, (laughs) I don't know what else you would attribute it to. It's nothing to do with Yellowstone or any of that. Her killer music. Yeah. She is like one of the nicest artists that I think we've had here in St. Louis, so I can totally attest to the fact that she would probably be on stage, see a sign that said a little girl had a heart surgery and said, you know what? Get up here! Yeah. And, uh, and make a pretty momentous night. Monumental? Monumental night. Yeah. The photos, the Instagram, everything's going to be shared to our socials. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram at 923WIL. It's Remy and Casey. Conspiracies. What if... <laughs> The Titanic never sank at all. Oh, come. We love a good conspiracy theory. Okay, I love good conspiracy theories too. I am skeptical, but I'll hear this one out. You may or may not know, I'm a big Titanic girl. Give me all the fun facts and theories, and this one's going viral. 
To explain, the company who made up the Titanic also made two other ships, one of which named the Olympic. They really, it really resembled the Titanic. They yes. looked just the same, except the Olympic was made earlier. There are only a few differences, like small details. The number of windows, the number of portholes, engravings on the Titanic and the Olympic each. And a few more thousand miles were put on the Olympic as it was just made earlier. Okay. The theory says that the Titanic cost so much money to create. The Olympic, it was needing repairs. So the company would have gone bankrupt. So instead, they disguised the older ship as the Titanic, sent it out to sea one last time, intentionally hit the iceberg so that they could collect the insurance money. And no one had ever been inside the brand new Titanic before, so they didn't know what it looked like. Oh. So it was real easy for them to just spruce that old Olympic up a little bit at a chandelier, at a little staircase. You know what I mean? But where would, yeah. I'm Looking at the sunken images of the Titanic and the blueprints of the original, you know, what it was supposed to look like. Uh-huh. There's an incorrect number of windows, of portholes, and architectural features that don't match its original blueprints. And I guess the people like James Cameron who go down and search around the Titanic looking yeah. for clues and things, they yeah. found lots of engravings saying the Olympic. Um, but they didn't say anything about that. I feel like this would be a Why bigger... Why would they be saying something about I, that? Well, I mean, it's James Cameron. I feel like if you've, yeah. got, if you've got a bunch of researchers down there... you think that James Cameron is not a part of the Illuminati. <laughs> Illuminati. So we, he definitely is. Speaking of the Illuminati, we also know there were a lot of important people aboard the Titanic, including Missouri's own unsinkable Molly Brown. Yeah. But there were supposed to be more, like Milton Hershey... Of Hershey. Hershey Chocolates. J.P. Morgan, the banker. Uh-huh. And mysteriously, before leaving port, all these very rich, influential people bailed, didn't get on the ship, the ship of dreams, one of the biggest moments of the 20th century. They were like, hey, you know what? We'll just catch the next one in a few months back home to the U.S. And it's also been rumored that a lot of J.P. Morgan's biggest uh, like competitor company owners uh -huh. were going to board the Titanic. And when he found out about the news, he said, I'll stay here, but I'll keep that to myself. Oh, wow. So then all of his competitors mysteriously lost on the Titanic. Man, this has all the hallmarks of a great conspiracy theory. That's what I'm saying. I just, I don't, I don't buy it. Not, I, I have to, I, not and to I'm mention, a conspiracy theory guy. Not to mention, look this part up. There's another ship called the Californian who was only an hour away from the Titanic when it sank. People aboard it said that they had heard the cannons. They saw the fireworks the SOS signals. Yeah. But the ship was told to stay on course and not turn around. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the only way a secret could be kept is if it's like in the National Treasure book, President's book in the <laughs> Library of Congress that Nicolas Cage so kindly taught us about. Well, I'm going to DC next week, so I'll, I'll check it out for you. Yeah, look out <laughs> for the booby traps. But that's today's conspiracy. Let me know what you think. Yeah, you got to post this up on the Facebook page. I want to get other people's thoughts for sure. Lace them up. It's time for sports with Remy and Casey. Casey, when you hear that Willie Nelson is in a Super Bowl ad, what do you think it's for? He's smoking. I would guess it would be a Doritos ad, right? Like some sort of munchies or something. Probably. Uh, and I guess Super Bowl means something different to Willie. Add Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart and you've got yourself a decent party. A big, easy reach lighter. It lights hard to reach places like this fat. Yo, Willie. Well, hey, Snoop Dogg, what's up? Do you have my big, easy reach lighter? No. 
I saw that. Uh-oh. Martha. My scented candle is missing. And my lighter. <laughs> oh, Willie. Helps to keep my fingers away from the flame. It's a big lighter that has like a small little wand on it. So think, it's easy to reach. Yeah, think about those, uh, those you know, like the candle lighters. Yeah. With the long, it's, it's like that, but it's a little bit smaller for, you know, things like candles. For lighting up. For things like lighting up. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Casey. Uh, it's a big lighter commercial featuring... Willie I actually Nelson, think Snoop this Dogg is and, super and innovative because I like I am someone who's always got a candle going. I feel like I'm always I always have like a lighter near me, yeah. but I hate the lighters. Uh, I hate it. Like, let's go ahead and put the little trigger on the small ones and put an, a neck on it so it can reach wherever. Yeah, I, I just think the little ones are outdated. <laughs> what are we lighting with that? Right. Well. We know, I guess. Uh, so check that commercial out. I posted that on the Facebook page. Also, Peyton Manning busted a huge football myth this week on his Manning cast. It's his streaming show where him and his brother or other guests will break down football games in a hilarious way. So you know how at halftime of pretty much every football game ever, the announcers always say, that the team that's behind needs to go in and make some adjustments. Yeah. Like they need to make some adjustments. Well, Peyton called that BS. He said, I don't know if I ever made a halftime adjustment in my 18 year career. He said, I think that's the biggest myth in football. He said, you go in, you use the restroom, you eat a couple oranges, and then you head back out. Yeah, I really enjoy that Peyton is taking this opportunity to kind of debunk myths or even whenever you see players who are mic'd up out on the field and then you watch those videos back. It's so interesting to hear them talking to each other like they're just hanging out. Like today's literally just a day at the office for them. It's no biggie at all the way that we hype it up to be. I watched a a mic'd up yesterday of a linebacker who is hilarious. I forget his name, but it's so funny because when you're watching the game, you think that they're all talking but, hey man. Yeah, they're yeah. all they're all up in each other's face, but they're actually a lot of them are just joking. Right. Like they're just making fun of each other on the field, which I think is hilarious. But uh yeah, Peyton crushing all of those those hopes and dreams of people. Because I, I see that movie, that movie moment in my head where you go in in halftime and you have the talk with the team and you're like, We mm-hmm. need to we need to do this. We need to go back out there, we need to win the game, and then they win the game. But apparently they just eat oranges. So uh, the Blues will take on the Predators at home tomorrow night. Puck drop at 7 and 28 days. Yes, the countdown is on. 28 days till pitchers and catchers report to Cardinals spring training. Trending now. It's Keeping Up With Casey on 92.3 WIL. If you had millions and an iconic historical home, would you leave it to your family when you pass? Or would you just let it all slip? You may have wondered at some point, okay, now if Elvis is gone and Lisa Marie, his daughter, is gone, who owns Graceland? Because it's not Priscilla, his ex-wife. Elvis's former home was passed down to Lisa Marie as she's his only child. She was nine when he passed away, but she officially got all of his, I guess, like the trust and everything when she was 25. Okay. Here she, like 30 years later, now she's tragically passed. So Graceland and all of her assets will go to her three daughters. One is 30-something. The other two are like teenagers. Yeah. Are they twins? Twins. Yeah. 
and she will be laid to rest at Graceland beside her son, Ben, her father, Elvis, and Elvis's parents. All of this happening and headlights coming out, headlights, <laughs> headlines coming out. Beside the headlines of Marie Osmond, who has a different idea about her fortune. Marie Osmond wants her seven kids to make their own futures and believes that individuals who are simply handed money often end up lacking drive and ambition. So she wants her kids to discover their own interests and find a road to meaningful careers. She doesn't plan on leaving her kids an inheritance. My wife and I just had this discussion. Did you? Not too long ago, yeah. Because we have millions and millions of dollars. No, I'm just joking. But if that ever were to happen and we came into money or something happened where we could and we were fortunate enough to leave our children millions of dollars, I don't know that I would want to do that. Mm -hmm. Because of that, I feel like through my life, I've had ambition and I've had drive to do things and to accomplish things and to make myself a better person. But I feel like when you have that money, when you have that, that safety net, you don't necessarily do that. Now, that's not everybody. Yeah. But I also feel like charities, nonprofits, you know, people that can actually use that money for good could benefit from having that when you, when you pass. Marie Osmond says, honestly, why would you enable your child to not try to be something? I don't know anybody who becomes anything if they're just handed money. To me, the greatest gift you can give your kid is passion to search out who they are and work towards it. I've done so many things. I love trying things. I want to try everything. So she says all of her fortune will be donated to charity. Her kids won't see any of it. Yeah, I think it's a little different story when you're brought up in Hollywood. Like yeah. all of those, like all those kids are raised in nice houses. They're raised with nice, you know, everything, furniture and beds and we get to go everywhere and do everything and fly private planes and all that kind of stuff. That might be a little bit different. Yeah, when mom passes and suddenly we're like broke. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> let us know your thoughts. You can call us and let us know at 314-954-9230. I totally get the Lisa Marie thing like it's a Passed down. It's a generational thing. Passed down yeah, and down yeah. and down. But Marie Osmond, it is an interesting thought. Real news is lame. This is unprofessional news on 92.3 WIL. Casey, if you had to guess, what time of day do you think you're most productive? Is that like morning? Do you have an exact time? Is it afternoon? Mm, I guess I would say 11 a.m. 11 a.m. You are most productive. Yeah, like you're awake, but you're you're you've eaten. You know. Okay. So, what time do you typically wake up? Three. You wake up at three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's like eight hours after you've. Well, yeah. Well, if I was a normal person and woke up at eight, <laughs> yeah. I still think it would be eleven. Eleven o'clock. A recent poll found the average office worker is most productive at ten twenty-two a.m. Yeah, close. And then it's all downhill from there. And I feel this. I feel like my most productive is in between seven and nine, which is on the in show. The morning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is unfortunate because when I get home, all I want to do is just. Eat He's out. and sleep. That's it. Uh, we hit our first big slump at 1.27 p.m. And then just shortly after that at 2.06. It also found that we tend to feel most drained on Mondays and Fridays, which for Casey would probably be more like Tuesdays and Fridays. But yeah, that's true. I think I think one of your biggest issues is that you don't eat like a real breakfast in here in the morning. I yeah. think if you did that, you could power through till that one o'clock slump much better. I've got a bar. And by a bar, he means like a kid's granola bar, <laughs> but it's really like a kid's chocolate bar. And when I say kids, I mean, it's legit a cliff bar made for kids. It's a Z bar. 
uh, yeah, chocolate brownie Z bar. Yeah, it's not a bar. It's a bar. That's it's a made, chocolate brownie. It's made by the, the cliff shape people. Of a rectangle. Not but the cliff people no. make it. That is not a cliff bar. It is. This is That's cliff. what you give your kid in Walmart when it's screaming and you just <laughs> need 10 more minutes. Uh, man, I just thought since Cliff made it, it was good. And then I also have uh, this bag of, of chocolate protein powder. You don't take that until 930 in the morning, though. That's true. You it's, get up at three. It's called intermittent fasting. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. And then I have this bag of white powder. That's not pre-workout. That looks that, not safe for yeah, work. Yeah, it's, it's pre-workout. So anyways, I have all of these things, but maybe I do need to eat a more fulfilling breakfast with See? blueberries and strawberries and yogurts and things like don't that. Me telling, don't be telling me you're tired. <laughs> uh, the top things that drain us on a typical workday are too much time in front of a computer getting interrupted by colleagues and not taking breaks. This is where I feel for our boss who literally has someone in his doorframe all day. Yeah. Like I just want to go say hi or I just want to go talk to him or I have one question. And there's a line out his door. Like he's just fielding, like putting out fires all day long. If I was him, I'd have a like a doorbell yeah. on his office door. Uh, excuse me, do you have an appointment with Mr. Tommy? And a, an assistant that sits right outside, <laughs> yeah. like a high or a college kid that just needs some intern credits. Yeah. He stands outside his door. Do you have an, do you have an appointment Man, today? I would do that he after has the show. No time. He has no time. But he never has any time. No. Uh, Casey, get this. Noise levels and not being able to adjust the thermostat were two things. Oh, my gosh. No wonder it sucks <laughs> in here. There's always some noise happening. Our thermostat's broken and yeah. people are walking in and out of this studio like it's Walmart. Yeah. Like, we'll turn it to a temperature on the thermostat. Nope. It'll do something. It'll but either get really want. cold or really hot. Like, so hot to the point where it smells like burning in here. <laughs> I forget what we were even talking about to begin with. We were talking about when you're most productive at work. Yes. And uh, I think we found out. That must be why we're not productive at all. We just need to work from home at this point. Remy and Casey. All right. Day two of the Eric Church confessional. Casey is going to confess her sins today. These are ways that she has gotten into trouble in her life. But one of them is a lie. Identify the lie, and you could win some Eric Church tickets right now. Yes, we need the we need the church music. We're Thank going you. Going into the confessional. All right, Casey. Two truths and a lie. Number one, I had my first trip to the plastic surgeon exactly two years ago this week to do my nose. Okay. Two, I was once stung by a jellyfish, and my boyfriend's roommate was the only person around who could help me out by peeing on it. That is not a, that is not a thing. I feel like the that's peeing been, on the, I feel like that's been Have you proven. ever been stung? <laughs> no, I Speak haven't. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Three. On my 22nd birthday, my college professor took me to Dublin to celebrate and to see mountain goats. Okay. All right. So if you think you know which one of those is the lie... Give us a call, 314-954-9230, and you could win those Eric Church tickets. Again, like yesterday, two of those things are true, which blows my mind. Yeah, because you don't know which one it is, do you? I think I might have an idea. 92.3, hello, who's this? This is Tracy. All right, Tracy. Casey is going to recap, and you are going to identify the lie. Casey, go. Number one, I had my first trip to the plastic surgeon exactly two years ago this week to do my nose. Two, I was once stung by a jellyfish and my boyfriend's roommate was the only person who could help by peeing on it. <laughs> or three, 
On my 22nd birthday, my college professor took me to celebrate in Dublin. Oh gosh, I think they're, I think they're all the glass who are so far fetched that they're probably true. I'm gonna go with number one. Oh no! That was a good try. Try again, hurry. 92.3, hello, who is this? Hi, this is Savannah Lindsay. All right, which one was the lie? Uh, I think it was the second one. You're not supposed to pee on them. <laughs> hey! hey! Good job. Savannah, congratulations. Yeah, I want to know, uh, explain the plastic surgery thing. So plastic surgery it did happen because that's when I got into an accident with a pit bull. Yeah. I, they literally had to take me to a plastic surgeon to fix my nose. Um, the third one, on my 22nd birthday, I was in Dublin. My college professor did take me out on the town, but we were there for a college trip. And two, the jellyfish story is a line from Friends. Ah. When Josie, Monica's boyfriend's roommate, had to pee on her because yes. she got stung by a jellyfish. Yes. And if I watched Friends, I would have known that. But well, you didn't. Congratulations, Savannah. You're our big winner today. You're going to see Eric Church. Thank you. Remy and Casey. Time to play the big three. We've got our contestant on the phone, Alex in Hillsboro. Casey is in the hot seat today. Alex is going to be playing along with us. And then at the end, I'm going to ask Alex how many she think Casey she thinks Casey got right. And if she gets it, she will also win those Monster Jam tickets. All right, Casey, you ready to spin the wheel of games? Let's hit it! Always getting nervous. Today's game is called Famous Clays. Clays? Clay, yeah, Famous Clays. Clay Walker is performing Friday night at Ballpark Village with Jackson Dean. Tickets go on sale, or on sale now at 923WIL.com. I figured we would uh, play a game called Famous Clays. Oh. This, is, this could have anything to do with the word clay. I don't Are you know ready? many clays at all. All right, let's, okay. Question number one. This movie featured Clay in one of the sexiest scenes in movie history. Demi Moore at the pottery wheel and a shirtless Patrick Swayze sits behind her, his hands interlaced with hers, stroking the wet clay. He begins kissing her and she leaps into his arms. The pottery wheel abandoned in the heat of passion. Name that movie, Casey. I don't know what Demi Moore has been in. I got no idea. Really? Is Patrick Swayze the... Yes. He's dance, the, the dirty dancing guy? Yes. How do you not know this I don't movie? No. Okay. The Just Matrix. The Matrix. Okay, cool. <clears throat> Hope you're paying attention, Alex. Uh, number two. This is a recreational and competitive activity where participants use shotguns to attempt to break clay targets, which two fi fixed stations mechanically fling into the air at high speeds. At a variety of angles. Name this sport. Like a sophisticated word for like shooting clay birds. Is that your answer? Yeah, it's called something. Well, I think if I was there, it would be called shooting clay birds. So that's what I'm going with. <laughs> okay. Number three. This is a chocolate-based dessert pie that is likely to have originated in a southern US, U.S. state, hence the name. It resembles the clay-like soil in the south. It contains a gooey chocolate sauce, brownie, and chocolate custard on top of a crumbly chocolate crust. Name that pie. And the word clay is in it? It is not in it. It's mud just, pie. Alex in Georgia Hill mud pie. I don't know. <laughs> 
Alex. Is Alex. that your final answer? Is that your final yeah, answer? Yeah, that's my answer. Okay, Alex in Hillsborough. How many do you think Casey got right out of three? One. Man, even Alex doesn't have any faith. Man, I don't know what I should do here. Did I get more than? <laughs> did I get more than one right? Did I get? How about this? Did I get one right? Uh, technically, you got zero right. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I will give you a point because you kind of got a half point for number two, which was called skeet shooting or sporting clay. Skeet shooting. Yeah, one of those. And then number three is, uh, you said a Georgia mud pie. It's actually Mississippi mud pie. Oh. So you're kind of close. So we'll still give Alex the Monster Jam tickets. Wait, what movie was it? Ghost. You could have get. You didn't give me one Clay Aiken. You did. Come no, on. I didn't give you one Clay Aiken. I should have. Oh my gosh, Alex. I the good know. news is you get to go to Monster <laughs> Jam, girl. <laughs> Dang it! And I was actually uh, we're gonna we're talking to Clay Walker on Friday at Hot Country Nights, and I'm gonna ask if he was the first one to originate the word Claymate. For his fans. Claymate? Yeah. Oh. Because Clay Aiken kind of stole it, I think. And we're going to ask him on Friday. Wow. That was really hard. (laughs) Bringing Nashville to St. Louis with Casey Covers Country on 92.3 WIL. Reba is dropping Easter eggs and giving tributes in her new movie, The Hammer. Reba! I suppose that paying homage might be a better way to put it. Her new film, The Hammer, is currently out on Lifetime, but it's more than just a movie. It's a reunion between Reba and Melissa Peterman, who we all know starred as Barbara Jean in the sitcom Reba. Reba! (laughs) (laughs) And like any good reunion between two old friends, The Hammer includes a girl's night out featuring a karaoke scene, which is a clip of Reba and Melissa Peterman on stage at a bar with a couple of girlfriends singing along to their karaoke performance of Girls Night Out, which is a number one hit back in like 1985 for the Judds. So that's a clip from the movie, which was, of course, being made around the time that we lost Naomi Judd. Yeah. Um, Do you think that this movie should have included some sort of bar brawl, including Reba? How do you know it doesn't? I feel like, I'm guessing not, but I feel like Reba would do really well in a bar fight. I could be wrong because I obviously haven't seen the movie myself, but I think the reason why that couldn't happen is because Reba's like the town judge. Oh, like gotcha. the hammer is like her mallet that she's the judge. Okay, let's take Reba out of this movie as a person. Okay. Now. Yeah, Reba would absolutely <laughs> kill it in a bar fight. You know, like I wouldn't want to be anywhere near her. Yeah, I just, I feel like she would. She's a little thing. She's the type of person that would take her belt off and wrap it around her forehead and just like, let's go Rambo style. <laughs> <laughs> you want to, you want to, you want to fight Reba? And she's like. Her hair little, gets like, a little bit more spiky as head. she get works up. Head jolts going on, just like okay, here comes Reba. Reba. <laughs> Someone yells that from the back every <laughs> yeah. time. Go Reba! <laughs> it's obviously a Lifetime movie, so um, check out Lifetime if you want to watch it. I also like that it's starring Rex Lynn, who is Reba's real life boyfriend. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if she is a producer of this show, but I can totally appreciate that she was making the movie and she's like, you know who we got to have alongside me? My girl, Barbara Jean, my man, Rex. I bet that just makes it 10 times better. Reba and Rex.
here to wreak some havoc in this bar. Edge of the hammer. I love it. Anyway, you can see that clip and more about the movie on our Facebook page. Follow us at 92.3 WIL. Love everything that Reba does. So I'm sure the movie's got to be great. I just love when you talk about her so I can say things like, Remy and Casey. This topic has come up way too much over the past month or so for us not to talk about it. And I saw it on TikTok yesterday. Uh, A father was talking to another parent of teens who said, why are teenagers so lackluster about driving these days? There's no interest in it whatsoever. Lackluster just mean like Like, bored of it? Yeah, just like, um, I'll get it when I get it. Okay. I was... 16 years old. I, I think was I, 16 I think I, I think back I, in my day. I, back in my day, I was 16 at one point. Goes. As were you. I was literally at the DMV at 6 a.m. or whenever they opened, in line, ready to get my driver's license. What has changed? When did you get your driver's license, Casey? Also on my 16th. Back in your day! No, I didn't say that. Back Three years, years ago when I'm, I was 16. I just turned into his mic off, sorry. <laughs> I Because you said back in my day and you started sounding real old there for yeah, a second. Well, I am real old. But anyway, I do understand what you're saying. So you did get yours when you were 16? Yeah, my mom picked me up from school and we went straight to the... Uh, DMV. Yes. And that's where it happened. But I have a lot that I li- so here's the thing. I also grew up in Illinois. My closest friends and my fiance all grew up in the St. Louis area. They all waited until they were 18 and like literally going to college yeah. before they got their driver's license. This also, uh, I have a niece who is at Edwardsville, SIU, mm-hmm. and she just got hers and she just turned 21. And I was like, what is the, why is there no rush? Why is there no, it's social media. Like nobody has to, you don't have to be without your friends. You don't have to, you you can connect in a different way. And so that whole idea of us being 16 and going to hang somewhere. Dude, I remember when I was 16, I'd go to the grocery store. I'd be flipping my keys around. Like, look, I got a car (laughs) and I didn't even care if it was my mom's 1995 Dodge Caravan. Yeah. It didn't matter. I had keys. Well, this is a good point. Now they can hang out with their friends all the time. You can FaceTime or you can be on socials or you can talk to anyone. Like you don't always necessarily have to be in the same place to hang out. But also a good point is that you don't need to take yourself, especially like if you're living in, say, the greater St. Louis area, an Uber will probably come to your house. Yes. And back in my day... Gas was less than a dollar. Right. Or that's, a, that's a good point. So I posted this on Facebook. I posted the question, do your teens have lackluster attitude about getting their driver's license at 16? Beth says yes. And it's just crazy to me. My generation couldn't wait. But they also see how much it costs to have one and how dangerous they can be to each their own. My daughter got hers the day of and my son waited years. I that- think- that's a good point. I was going to mention everybody's talking about inflation these days. Does that affect, you know, the price of getting a car, the price of the insurance, the price of um, a ticket when a 16-year-old gets one? Yeah. I did learn how to drive in a smaller town. Definitely not St. Louis-like right. city. And I, I can imagine because Michelle said the same thing. She said, my 18-year-old still doesn't have his driver's license. He's scared to drive due to the way that everybody drives around here. And I don't blame him. Yeah. <laughs> Get on the highway once. So I do wonder if it's like a regional thing. If It's a, it's obviously a generational thing, but it's, I think it's interesting. Yeah. Do your teens have a lackluster attitude about getting their driver's license right at 16? Let us know. 314-954-9230. Or you can always hit us up on the Facebook page. I posted up the question there.
Nobody likes real news. This is the unprofessional news on 92.3 WIL. There is nothing that makes me want to go slower than when someone is riding my bumper while I'm driving. Then you should get out of the fast lane, go in 60. I don't do that, Casey. I follow the general rules of the road and the unwritten rules of the road. I'm pretty good at it. But I will say, if you think it's effective to ride somebody's bumper, it's not. They're just gonna Oh my gosh, it just makes me nervous. Like when you're in the car with someone who rides bumpers, it makes me yeah. nervous that you're gonna get rear-ended and ugh. So there's a woman that shared this story on Facebook claiming that she was in a long line at a McDonald's drive-through and a young lady behind her was honking because she was taking too long to place her order. Now, this could be like one of many things. It could be that she actually had a long order or that, you know, like most fast food joints, there's not a whole lot of people that are there working these days. They're understaffed. So this woman decided to get revenge. When she pulled up at the first window, she paid for both of their orders. Mm. That was nice, right? Yeah. When the lady behind her found out, she waved and, and she said that she could see her mouth. Thank you. Like she was appreciative of it. Yeah. But when the woman pulled up to the second window, she showed both of the receipts and then took the impatient lady's food with her. Oh. Forcing her to go back through the line again. So it's a very, very- I didn't know that could happen. Petty thing, but hilarious. And I've never heard of this way to get back at somebody, but I- Who thinks of that? Kind of want to try it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Next time, just pay for both of the orders, but then you actually take their food too. That you, is- You paid for it. That is another reason why you actually do need to be nice or at least try to be nice when you're driving because you never know what petty action someone around you is going to take. Yeah, it's- <sighs> I just, I just, it's a, it's a weird fight to pick in the middle of a McDonald's drive-through. I think it's hilarious. The post went viral, and I posted it up on the uh, Facebook page if you want to check it out there. But oh my gosh, just talk about like quick thinking. You know what I mean? I would have never thought of that. <laughs> Props to her. I wonder what she did with all those Big Macs. Ninety-two-three WIL New Country for the STL. It's Remy and Casey on the way out on this rainy Wednesday morning. Uh, but we did talk about why teens kind of have a lackluster attitude about getting their driver's license these days. Because they don't really need it like we did. Yeah, there's a there's a whole thread going on right now on the Facebook page. Uh, Christy said, "My uh, mine is 18 and doesn't have a license. Amanda said, I wouldn't say lackluster, but my daughter who is 13 has told me that it makes her nervous to think about. Mm-hmm. That, that seems to be a common thread through a lot of this is like just driving in the St. Louis area makes teenagers a little scared. We also talked about like inflation could be in there, like that to pay for gas, to pay for a car. But something we didn't talk about that I'm just now realizing is the COVID situation. And I bet they have a lot more parents or siblings who are either going to school or working from home still. Yeah. So like something's happening at home where like they always have access to someone who can drive them. Yeah, that's possible too. If you know why, or maybe you've got teenage uh, kids, let us know on the Facebook page and tell us why they're not getting their driver's license at 16, or maybe they are, maybe they're in in line right now to get their driver's license. They just turned 16 today. Happy birthday, by the way. If you missed anything from the show today, you can always check out the Remy and Casey Show podcast. Otherwise, we will see you tomorrow for a Friday light. Goodbye. Goodbye. Find Remy and Casey on Facebook at 92.3 WIL.